Captain's Run with Sam Edmund. Welcome back to the show. Great to have your company this morning. Julian DeStoop sitting in for Sam Edmund. Great first hour. A heap of your calls on last night's game, and in particular the incident between Braden Maynard and Angus Brasher. We'll take more of your calls uh, later on in this hour. We also spoke to Magpie star Brody Meyercheck. Before we get to Michael Barlow, of course, AFL Nation commentator and Werribee VFL coach. He's got them through to the prelim final uh, next week. As you would have heard on breakfast uh, this morning with Kane and Kingy, my holidays Friday FOMO offer will be announced today. So stick around uh, to hear it uh, later in the show. It's an absolute uh, cracker. But let's get to Michael Barlow. G'day, Mick. G'day, Jules. Yeah, good to be on. Um, yeah, and finals are underway, aren't they? And looking at the scores and all the stats last night in the post-mortem, um, you just don't know how Melbourne have... Let this one slip. Uh, I'll ask you that in a sec. It is. Uh, it depends how much you read into stats, but uh, it was a big domination in terms of uh, inside fifties. But you've been out there. You've you know the intensity of finals, particularly early. The Braden Maynard incident. Does he have something to worry about, or is that just a a, a football act that shouldn't go punished? It's not really my area of expertise, uh, Jules. This, but um, <laughs> I think everyone has an opinion on <laughs> on how it's happened and. And what the outcome was. So the outcome being, you know, a player uh, can cast and stretch it off. Um, yeah, makes it makes it uh, a very intriguing watch over the next uh, however long before the decisions are made. But um, look, it, you know, you, you slow it down, you have a look, and um, everything suggests that um, Bud Maynard he's, he's just gone up to, to spoil the boy, ball, make a play on the ball, and that's. A real trademark of how Collingwood mm. actually defend and, and put pressure on the ball. Um, it, it's so different to the, the, the ones that we've seen where a handball's been made and the player's gone past and committed to bump rather than tackle. Um, he, he's at the mercy of his own uh, velocity whilst he's in the air, and um, he actually, from my point of view, braces really late as a, as a protective uh, as a protective um, nature to himself. Um, so. That may that last split second may see him have have a little bit of a, a worry on his hands for the next twenty four forty eight hours. But um, yeah, not my area of expertise. I, I at the at the core of it, I say it's a football act. Yep. Um, however, we know yeah, the outcome of the concussion um, will play into it as well. On the Magpies, I mean, uh, Craig McRae was super positive after the game, and he, he should be. When the game was hot early, they were really good. They set it up early. Their transition game uh, looked really well. And when the pressure was on, their defence was, you know, magnificent, led by, you know, Darcy Moore and Isaac Quainer. But when he sits back and reflects and looks at some of the numbers, particularly that differential uh, inside inside 50s, and only having such a low number, 37 for the game themselves, would he have some areas of concern? Oh, yeah, yeah. So 37 inside 50 to 69, only kicking nine goals, six, um, of which they started really fast, didn't they? They kind of kicked two goals before before we'd blink. So the rest of the game was, was very dour, um, and their back six or their back contingent and team defence stood up really, really strongly. Um, we'll have a chat about the Melbourne side of things later. They were just chasing the game, and you could see how on edge they were when they were having those opportunities as the game went on. But from Collingwood's point of view, I think they, they walk off so jubilant to get straight through to a prelim. Uh, but from a coaching point of view, Craig McRae and his coaching group could get together and, uh, and absolutely put some things on the whiteboard that um, they need to get to work on. And 
you know, the, the fact they get this result and there's things to work on, it's in the moment, it's, it's, uh, it's not great. He would have been anxious and, and frustrated and, and um, just willing the siren to go on the game to finish and get the result. But now that that's all happened and they can breathe out, they can go to work on, on how they're moving the ball and um, you know, how they're trying to, to get control around stoppage, of which Melbourne got on top of them there. So it's whilst, yeah, you, you look at situations, you, you say that um, the Collingwood side would be pretty content with the situation. They're third or prelim. Um, they've probably got away with one. Geelong was similar last yeah. year when they played Collingwood. Didn't play overly well, but, but found a way through the, straight through the prelim. And from there, were lights out in the prelim and the grand final. So some... Um, some similarities there, hopefully, for, for Collingwood supporters and, and Craig McRae. So from the Demons' point of view, is it glass half full or is it, okay, we've seen this before, Gorn dominates, Petrarca, slow start but pretty good in the end. Oliver plays a pretty good game. But once again, the connection between the forward half, is it the is it the delivery? Is it the forwards aren't moving enough? You know, this has been a problem for a while now. Is that... Is that how you're looking at it, or you you glass half full of your Simon Goodwin? Yeah, I think there's 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 course for both, isn't there? You've got you've as a coach as the coach would would do Simon Goodwin, he'd be you know imploring the positivity. Right, we've we've had 69 inside fifties, we've, we've beat them there. Um, you know, we've, we've got to work around the ball, so we have the capacity. Uh, it, it is that kind of 80 meters to goal, isn't it, where they they just couldn't get um, good enough looks and. Uh, Max Gorn spoke to uh, spoke to Channel Seven afterwards, and you know I, I love the, the the clear and concise um, viewpoint from him. He just said, "Yep, we were just dumping the ball in too long, and we're bringing in Darcy Moore and Quainor and and their interceptors. So a, a little bit more composure on entry, and um, that can happen in, in big games. So that you know, the, the the rush of blood and and potentially feeling like they're under more pressure than they were. Uh, put those entries." Um, you know, to, to the advantage or to the favour of, of Collingwood and the importance of, of starting well um, the longer the game went. We saw the Bailey Fritch set shot where he nearly misses his foot. <laughs> uh, a couple of a couple of snap opportunities. I think uh, Cosie Pickett had one late um, where, you know, I think if you're in front or, or, or closer and you're not chasing the game and, and spending yep. so much energy getting back into the game, they just execute those those opportunities and then they're comfortably three, four, five goals up and, and setting themselves to a prelim. So the Pies are through to the prelim. Uh, Melbourne, wait to see who they play next week. It'll be the winner of tonight's game between Carlton and Sydney. Before I ask you about tonight's game, let's have a listen uh, to both of the coaches, Michael Boston and John Longmire, in the build-up. I just feel like we're, we're well and truly adequately prepared for what the environment is going to be. And, um, you know, as long as we can stay totally present to that moment, then we'll be completely okay. Um, you know, we've found that you know, our, our level's been quite a high level. Um, and, you know, what finals football brings is you just want to make sure you're bringing out whatever that best version of you is. And we've got capacity there to be able to do that. Um, we've got capacity to meet the moment. Um, but, you know, to get out there against an opposition and and uh, still be able to go execute, that's the that's the task we've got ahead of us. Oh, I think that, you know, it's good to, good to know that some of our players, or most of our players, and particularly our younger players, have experienced finals over a few years now. And so that's always always a good thing but we also 
you know, understand that every year is a, a new journey. It's a new storyline to be written, and you need to earn your stripes every year. We talk about that at the start of the year and at the home and away, and then we talk about it at the start of the final series. Okay, we've got a spot on the grid, and 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 now it's we've got to get to work, and it goes up another level in finals, and and there's another story to be written, and and we're not sure what that ends up being, and. We need to make sure we, we control as much of that as we can, knowing that we're against the best teams in the competition now and and um, and we're in elimination final mode. There's, there's no tomorrow, so it's a desperate, desperate game for both teams. Mick, there's a real contrast in this game. Uh, obviously, you've got the, the finals experience of Sydney versus Carlton that basically don't have any. And is it a, basically a contrast in styles as well where Carlton great at contestant footy, Sydney aren't, but Sydney, once they get the ball on the outside, can be devastating? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been an interesting couple of weeks, hasn't it? You, you wouldn't know Sydney are in the finals, is my feel around town, that all, all the attention, and I think Sydney would really be embracing that. Mm. You know, John Longmire and his crew would be embracing the fact that all the attention uh, is, is gravitating towards the Carlton story, which, which you love. Like This time of year, you've got to have some, um, some joy for those Carlton fans that have, have ridden the journey for so long. And I love Michael Voss's comments because what they would be doing is, is drawing on their experiences last year where, where they couldn't get it done in certain moments um, and put the frustration and the disappointment that comes with all of that, they can now harness it in a positive way and say, well, we're here now. We've, we've um, had those lesser experiences last year of frustration and, and angst. And here we sit. We sit, as John Longmire said, we sit on the grid and, and confident in, in what we can do and how we can, how we can perform. They'll... They'll really implore the, the importance of contest and clearance, of which, uh, as you said, that's that's one of their, um, their their good traits, their ability to win the ball on the inside, which in finals it all comes down to the basics and, and doing the contested side of things well. So that um, that bodes pretty well for, for Carlton. And you, you mentioned on the other side of the coin, you know, Sydney will want you know, more of a, a free-flowing open game, um, getting the likes of Errol Goulden involved. Um, you know, Chad Warner on the outside of stoppage um, using you know, speed and, and skill to, to make 80-metre plays. So, yeah, two contrasting styles. The, the weather across Melbourne today, I think, if this game was potentially played in a week where the weather seems to, to be turning into the spring that we like, um, yes, we probably would have enjoyed that a little bit more <laughs> than the, the blustery uh, wet conditions we expect to see tonight. Who are you tipping? Well, saying all that, I'm going to contradict myself big time. Uh, I like sitting, <laughs> yep. for, for a, and more so for for yeah, the game. So much is played above above the shoulders, and um, as I said, I, I feel like no one at all is talking about Sydney in this final series. You know, people are talking about the St Kilda story, the GWS story. A lot of people are jumping on board the, the Carlton story, um, but Sydney, you know, they they got to well, got their spot on the grid last year. Um, and we're in a similar position and found their way all, all the way through to that last day in September. So, um, yeah, Sydney, I, I just feel they would be embracing that. You know, it'll be 22 plus a sub versus really 94, 95,000. Not to say that Sydney won't have a good amount of support, the old South Melbourne supporters. Um, but gee whiz, they're coming from the clouds for Carlton and there's a, a fair bit of pressure on them. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm not jumping off the swans and... and what their culture has been for a long, long time and the character of player and the person they have within that organisation. Speaking of Michael Barlow, AFL Nation commentator and Werribee VFL coach. Uh, you mentioned that you, know, you could be forgiven for thinking Sydney's not in this final series. I, I tend to think it's a bit like 
with Port Adelaide. I feel like everyone's just assuming Brisbane is going to win this game and Port Adelaide are struggling. Yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's, that's very well said. Um, and you have to do pretty well to, to land yourself in that top four position and, um, you know, they're going with a double chance. Port, and they would be similarly under Ken Hinckley, who I know um, without knowing him, but, but watching how he operates and, and listening to him in the media, he he would be jumping on that, that narrative that, well, everyone doesn't know why we're even bothered jumping on this plane to go go to the Gabba and play. Uh, so that'll be a fascinating watch to, to round out the, the first week of the finals. But um, in saying all that, I do like Brisbane. I think the, the record speaks for itself at home. Um, also, that the fact the last three or four years they've, they've been up and around um, this area. It's so of Port Adelaide, but you know, there's, there's a different feel to Brisbane. I think they've managed this last 12 months really well with the acquisition of Josh Dunkley. Jack Gunston's come in. He, he won't play, but he, he's, he's added some value to, to the program and um, allowed some others to, to come through now and um, jump into that position that, that he's vacated. So I think they've protected um, a lot of their big big guns for, for parts of the year where they've needed to. And, um, yeah, I reckon they're ready to pop on Saturday night and get a result out of the Brisbane Lions. And just finally, I just want to play a bit of audio from Ross Lyon before I ask you about the Saints and the Giants. They know us, we know them, um, and you just get to work sort of game day. So, um, look, I love some of the language from our players. Like We prepare like it's a final every week. Nothing's really different, just the result's bigger. So, um, yeah, we just sort of lean in with our players, like Harvey, Hayes, Enright, all that experience that they possess. We're very inexperienced finals team compared to the Giants, we understand that. Um, and really the sentiment is the Giants going favourites and maybe deservedly so, So, but we've had our backs to the wall all year. So, um, yeah, that, that's nothing new, but it probably just steals us that little bit more. It's a voice very familiar to you, Mick. Uh, he's playing the underdog card a bit lately. He did it in the lead-up to the Carlton game. He's doing it in the lead-up to this game. Is, is that something that – does it work with players, that us against them, no one's really rating us? Does that actually work? Uh, yeah, I've got a couple of experiences from my own journey under Ross where, where that was grabbed a hold of. And I think the, the one that um, I remember most vividly was kind of 10 years ago down at, yeah. down at Cadinia Park when we went down there. And the, the narrative very much was, um, yeah, what's the point of the Dockers showing up here to, to, to play? Because it's a foregone conclusion that um, you know the Cats will jump into the qualifying final and, and what will be will be from there for, for, for them and the competition. But um, So he, he's jumped on it before. Uh, every time he speaks, and coaches are all aware of this, every time they speak, they're, they're speaking mainly to their, to their playing group. Mm. So the playing group would be jumping on on board all of that messaging. Um, and that's, I think, a, a major strength of Ross's across the journey has been um, making people around him and within the organisation understand that the... The result is bigger, yes, but you've got to prepare and and bring your confidence through your training and, and your reviewing and your individual preparation. Um, doesn't matter if it's round six or, or a final. Um, all of that is irrelevant if you don't prepare to, to bring your best. So um, that's what's got them this far, I think. St Kilda across the year, they've, they've been hugely admirable. Um, yeah, and this game's set to be a cracker. Who wins? So they are, and I'll tip the Saints just with their ability to defend. Um, I think it's two 
two strengths coming up against each other in terms of um, the Kilda's ability to defend and you know the Giants, the way they've found their ball movement has been um, absolutely tremendous. So in a big final, uh, that experience that, that Ross spoke about with, with his coaching group, I think will hold them in really good stead. And just before I let you go, Mick, uh, VFL semifinals this weekend. Uh, tomorrow it's Box Hill v Footscray. And I'm sure the game that you'll be watching very closely, uh, the Lions v Williamstown, because the winner of that takes on your Werribee uh, in the prelim final. Who do you think wins the two games this weekend? Oh, you're going to the tips, Jules. So this is where I have to act really uh, sit right on the I fence. thought I'd test you. Now, Box Hill, oh, yeah, I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, well, Footscray, I think they've won 11 or 12 on the bounce. They were about you know, two they have. That's or right. Yep. So they are absolutely red hot. Um, and they come up against Box Hill, who probably similarly to to the D's last night, I had every right last week against us to, to, to be in front or... or, or or right in that match against us. We, we got a nice start, and then we're able to kind of keep them at arm's length. So a very good side, um, Box Hill. And I think they've, they've given themselves the right to have that um, double chance, and um, they bounce back at, at Box Hill tomorrow. And um, yeah, might just hold off the uh, the red-hot Footscray side. And the other one up in Queensland, it's Brisbane and Willie. And I, I, we do have a soft spot for, for fellow standalone yeah, clubs Williamstown have had a had a great year. They finished fifth, just fell out of the top four. So um, they've found a way to to be in the discussion at this time of year, um, which is hugely um, credible to them. They're, they're an arch rival of ours, so if they do get through, um, it'll be something pretty special. I think mm. for two standalone clubs to be in a prelim final played out at Werribee next Saturday. Um, I think the crowd would be absolutely enormous. So. Um, in saying all that, I'm just giving you just the narrative of it all, and I'm not giving you a tip on that one because I don't want to give anyone any added spice. But I'll I'll be tuning in from about one o'clock tomorrow, Brisbane versus Williamstown. Yeah, it'd be great for the competition, Williamstown uh, v Werribee. That is for sure. Mick, uh, thanks so much yeah. for your time this morning. Uh, enjoy your weekend of VFL and AFL footy. Good on you, Jules. Yeah, pack the rafters. So looking forward to it. Great to have Michael Barlow, AFL Nation commentator, and doing a super job with Werribee in the VFL this year. This is Captain's Run for State Transport. Our people are your solution. And Suzuki Adventure Forever. Suzuki for fun's sake.